if I speak my truth and it's hurtful for somebody else, it's wrong. So that's like the core of the people pleaser, which is like you disconnect from who you are because it feels wrong in some capacity. So you just formulate yourself towards everybody else. Mm -hmm. So in my healing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be me and speak my truth. But oftentimes I would like sublimate or hide things because of the fear of being authentic and just true for fear of hurting. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. If you guys don't already know Amanda Bucci, she is a conscious leadership coach with over 25 million YouTube channel views and over 5 million podcast downloads. We have a really vulnerable conversation about fear. And in the end, we even get to break through one of her core limiting beliefs, which gets me really excited. <laughs> Amanda is amazing and has lots of wisdom. Here we go. All right, let's do it. Well, Amanda, how in the hell are you? Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here and talk to you and connect with your people. Mm -hmm. And what and what is interesting? So I actually had this idea um, that I've never done with anyone before. Um, you down to do it? I'm down. I'm open. <laughs> okay, perfect. So do you have your chat window open? And then for people listening slash watching, yes. I'm going. To, I'll tell you what is happening. Um, okay, so, great. So so what I'm going to do is I'm going to chat you a word. And okay. so as soon as you see this word, just tell me the words slash feelings that are coming into your awareness. Cool. Just keep, just keep doing it. And then once I type it in, I'll tell everybody what I send. All right, here we go. Great. Energy was the first word that came to mind. Mm. Just so everyone knows, I typed in fear. Like tight energy, contracted energy, scattered energy. Black energy. Mm. Yeah. What else? So that that's interesting. Is there any, I guess those are feelings. Are there like any feelings that are associated with it? My, whenever I go into fear, I go into what I call my shutdown mode. Mm. <laughs> so it's a lot of just numbness and contracted and it's a protection mechanism that mm -hmm. my body so beautifully created <laughs> to keep me emotionally safe. <laughs> well, and what's interesting is like I noticed like exactly what you described is what I noticed in you. Mm. Um, like immediately, which as you know, is like completely normal, right? Like is totally. just like emotionally. So, and like I told you before is I was really like, I've always wanted to like collaborate with you. And so when I was like studying and like hella studying, I was, I was like, man, she, she really talks a lot about fear. And so I was just interested to one, do this little exercise to see like what came up and then ask mm -hmm. you like, what is your relationship with fear? Yeah, that's such a great question. Interesting. It's, you know, no, just, just jumping in. Let's I do know. It. Yeah. Just jumping in <laughs> Ca casual small mm -hmm. talk questions. <laughs> I did mm -hmm. not expect any small talk questions from you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like. It's interesting because what my perception is, what I think people think about me is that I move through the world with minimal fear because I have done things that most people would find yep. terrifying or would have a relationship with actions I've taken or positions I've been in as something scary, but everyone, as you know, relates to fear differently. And some things that are terrifying for some people aren't terrifying for other people. Very true. For me, emotions aren't usually terrifying. There's specific mm. places in which my own fear can create a response, which is like I told you my shutdown mode. And mm -hmm. there's specific places that that can happen. And I've also come to learn about myself as a human organism and just have learned 
and I'm always learning how my psyche is formed from the very beginning to understand my relationship and responses to my environment and to people and to things. And it's really interesting. Adrian and I actually have similar, our mutual friend, Adrian, um, we've, we've both talked about emotions are fine, but physical pain is like terrifying. I remember she um, told me that before. Which is, which is, which is funny, but yeah, I think <laughs> that, that like my, my general relationship to it is actually that I feel it pretty regularly. Um, but I've built a connection to it in which I am actively learning how to navigate those sensations in my body when they come up and I welcome it with understanding and curiosity even if I recognize my body is having other automatic responses that are happening to keep the fear at bay. But I think one of the coolest things has been learning that, learning just that, that Mm -hmm. there's automatic things that happen and each person has different relationships to their environment or to stimulus or to emotions or to pain or to death or to connection or to any of these things. So it's, it's interesting to understand everybody's fear template and to understand your own really. And I feel like when you can build a relationship and understand your own, you're better able to navigate it. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how regularly it comes up in life. Yeah. How, when does it usually pop up? Like when was the last time you felt it? Today, yesterday, this morning, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> this morning. Well, I'm interesting. I um since since COVID, I've had an interesting relationship with driving. Mm. Um, it's been new, and I it, it's just driving of, a it, car. Driving a car, I feel like I'm escaping death when I'm switching lanes. It's new. I feel like I need some EMDR or something, but okay. it's it's very new. Um, I had something similar happen three years ago when I was skiing, and I skied semi regularly as a kid. And I just felt like I was going to die. So there's like a a few places, whether it's like, I'll probably never jump out of a plane. There's like some sort of adrenaline type of like big fear of pain and like Mm -hmm. accidents and, and that kind of thing, like physical accidents where my body would be in a lot of physical pain. Mm. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. So this morning you were driving. Yeah. My friend was driving. Okay. I've, so, I've been getting so driving any driving, anxiety. so not even just you driving. It's like you're in a car. Yeah, yeah, and it's only been like four months of my life that that's been a thing. Hmm. Which is really interesting. That is interesting. We could yeah. go into that, but we won't right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's like for you when you said earlier, like your per- what you think is like your perception of people looking, you know, from outward in of thinking like, Oh, like a man like this hat, like so easy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I assume like for you, like so much has happened so quickly Yeah, that, you know, like people wish they had that people wish that it happened mm-hmm. so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. Good point. Like, but like, I want to hear, of course there's like, you know, there's amazing money and there's like o- other awesome things what has been like the downside of like things happening so quickly? Yeah, I, I, that's a great, that's a great question in terms of the acceleration or the speed of success in, in mm-hmm. a sense, because there's energetically, there's got to be balance in some capacity. So if things accelerate very, very quickly, your my nervous system needed to really adjust to that. Mm-hmm. And if there's not kind of like iterative jumps or um, jumps that you can ground yourself into the new level, then there will be a compensation pattern, which is absolutely something that occurred for me. And um, in terms of in terms of like the emotional experience I've had from that, it's it's been. Uh, it's just fascinating. Like I can't even describe it as just wonderful because there's also been so much challenge as a, as a result of the speed of everything in terms of um, a core piece of it for me has been being young and being living in Los Angeles with a bunch of people who are most of the, most of the community out here in the entrepreneurial space is, Mm -hmm. 
in their early to mid to late 30s and I'm in my mid to late 20s and things happened really quick for me. So the speed at which I felt as though I needed to become an authority and have my shit together and just be someone that had their shit together and like knew what they were doing um, psychologically created a lot of of difficulty for me and just imposter syndrome and things along those lines. I had this whole process with me wanting to move into writing my book this year, which I'm in the middle of writing. And I had to process a lot of feeling alone because it felt like the story that I, that I had was, um, you know, when that phrase where people say, I remember when I had my first beer, (laughs) I felt like I had Uh that, not that anybody was telling me that, but it felt as though, my friends could say, I remember when I wrote my first book or made my first million, Mm. which is an interesting thought. Nobody did that. Obviously everyone's very wonderful and loving and supportive, Mm -hmm. but that was, that was my Mm. fear that came up of either not being special or not being, it, it was this interesting ego battle of like a deep ego deflation and then an ego inflation where I felt as though I needed to be recognized as special, but also felt not special at all at the same time. That's, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Like, yeah. Um, like I meant you, that's interesting because I'm not sure if this is the right phrase, but I think a lot of people, and I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. I think where you are, is and like what how you speak even about business and other things it doesn't hit for some people because it's almost like too far ahead do you feel that oh yeah 100 percent. yeah i feel like i'm regularly a little bit not even a little bit like quite a lot further along than a mm-hmm. lot of people in my audience just yeah. because of who i was when i started my social media journey was like 20 people ago or 50 you know mm-hmm. and internally for myself. So that's another layer or another like life cycle of acceleration and and speed. And this is something I write about in my book too. It's all about how social media is a mechanism for conscious awakening. Oh, I love that. So in, in my journey, in my experience, I started my social media platform as a fitness influencer who was 21 who had no personal development experience, very little like real life experience, very little childhood trauma, like big eventful trauma. Like we all have our stuff, but nothing in particular that was like that bad thing happened to me. And then I formed this pattern because of it. It was more subtle, nuanced life, just regular life. Me too. Yeah. Interesting. Um, And I think a lot of people have that obviously as well, where, you know, there's, there's, there's layers of privilege and just like, Good upbringings, which is beautiful, but interesting because there was so much that I didn't know about how to navigate life. <laughs> so mm-hmm. getting online, um, it felt like the the version of me that started on Instagram and on YouTube was very pure and like so different from who I am now. And I built a very large audience very quick. I had I gained a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers in six months yeah. when I was twenty two. Hella quick when I was 22, which I didn't even know who I was at that point. So the amount of eyeballs on me really, really quickly created um, an awareness of this is what people think of me. And then I am aware of myself so much more regularly. Like I am aware of my identity. I'm aware of how other people are perceiving who I am. I am aware of my voice tonality and the things that I'm saying and the things that I care about. And I think that really catalyzed a a sense of self, but also attachment to ego or an attachment to some sort of identity form. And the thing that people uh, talk to me about the most in terms of how I've maybe helped them is the amount of pivots that I've made and the amount of public transformations that I have had in terms of, I was a fitness influencer who was making five videos a week that were all 30 minutes each talking about my life and my fitness journey. And I wasn't dating anybody. And I was just like in my own little bubble of these people. And then I totally pivoted into the business coaching space and I learned digital marketing and I learned, sales and enrollment. And like I had, I, my revenue tripled from 225,000 to 750 in one year. Yeah. That's crazy. 
crazy, wonderful, but also I didn't know how to run a business. Like I, my, my shit was fucked up underneath, you know, mm-hmm. like the foundation of the business was, that's what I mean about the jumps. It's like anything that's not grounded in the foundation is going to crack. So just putting out fires in terms of like learning how to really operate and run a business of that size and serve those amount of clients and all that stuff. And then, and then I, I started having my own spiritual awakening two and a half years ago or so. So not too long ago, but the speed of it has been so accelerated. It feels like, it feels like I've looked at so many parts of my, my shadow that I've never looked at before, my ego, um, different parts of myself. I've taken a spiritual psychology two-year program and done multiple psychedelic journeys every other month for the last two years and have just been like really deep in it and in this way where it felt like I needed to because I needed to learn how to navigate the intensity of it all. But also because there was this other part that I was a leader and, and teaching and educating and there are people that were watching my transition, but it's an interesting thing with social media where there's a sense of like, okay, I have to talk about this now because it's what's happening in my life and that's what's relevant for me. And that's how social media works. And how do I recreate and reformat my business and my brand for what's relevant for me when it's changing so rapidly all the time? Mm. So I've had to ground in a couple of different things, like just spiritual support in a sense where just getting grounded in like, this just has been my path. And this is important for me as a soul to have these experiences, to lead this amount of people. Like, like a huge part of me feels as though I amassed the size audience that I did, not because people wanted to learn about fitness from me, but because I was eventually going to be teaching a lot of these other higher consciousness healing transformation concepts that a lot of people needed to hear. So I built a big fitness audience and like that was just going to be a part of my soul's journey on this, on this earth. Um, so it's been a lot of grounding in like my own spiritual path in life and recognizing that the, the speed of things is probably important in some capacity for the world Uh i don't know you know i love that amanda have you like when you were a kid did you ever feel like special do you know what i mean by that like does that hit home for you like did you feel like you had a bigger purpose i I don't i don't know if i I would say bigger purpose Mm. i would say i knew i was smart Mm. um like i got good grades in school and i knew i knew i was smart but i I actually, and I was very creative as a kid. Um, along the way between middle school and high school, I remember having a story that I didn't have the creative side of my brain. And I was like, I just have the other side. But that was a whole conditioning story of like, I used to love singing, but I did a graded singing test in middle school that I got like a C on. <laughs> so then you don't do things that you're not that great at mm-hmm. when you're in high school anymore. You just quit them and then you go do things that you're good at. So all of these, you know, funny ways in which I contorted myself to then going to nursing school. So I went to nursing school and I was like, this is my thing, I guess. But until I actually moved out to California, I didn't, I didn't have a feeling that I would go do something greater. So not necessarily, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe as a kid. um, And I knew I was smart, but I, yeah, I didn't have like a sense of what I would go, go do in the world. Uh Yeah. I asked because um, just because obviously, like you said, like the, the speed or because it isn't like, you just wonder, right? Because it, how, how it happened so quickly, of course, like you were doing something right and, you know, good timing and all that, but still there's just so many other people doing it. And, and going back, kind of going back a bit when you said, when you're writing your book, is that coming out in 2021? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, this is really fascinating. So you, cause I, I know a lot of people can probably relate to this. How you said, like, you really want to be special and significant, mm-hmm. but then your fear is almost like compensate for it. 
So yeah. can you just go deeper into that? Cause that was yeah, interesting. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It was, it was super interesting. Um, and I'll tell you the way that I got out of it too, Amazing. but yeah, there was the, there was two fear feelings happening. And like I said, deflated ego and inflated ego, the deflated ego. My story was that everybody in the personal development space is basically writing the same content, but just in a different way. Mm. <laughs> so the story was like, I don't have anything unique to share or, um, and, and I really resonate with like self-expression and uniqueness and authenticity. And how long ago um, is this? Were you having this feeling when you were writing? About a year ago. Okay, cool. It was right before I started writing the book. It was before I felt ready to start the writing process. Mm. Um, I have a lot of friends that are in the middle of writing books. And again, like I said, the, the position I was in was like, I was in this group of like really high level people that are doing high level things. And they're all like amazing people and I, and I love them, but it's mm -hmm. interesting the, the way that I formed my relationship with the entrepreneurial community and like the, my first mentor in, in the business coaching space is Lewis House, and I joined his mastermind and I didn't know anything about masterminds, but I joined it in 2017. And it's interesting. Lewis is an amazing connector and he does everything very big. It's like, mm -hmm. how can you do this three times bigger? Which is, I now see how that psychologically impacted my perception of needing to go bigger. And I feel as though it did create a lot of awesome choices for, I'm going to do events. I'm going to do this big mm -hmm. podcast. I'm going to do this big thing. And it's, it's interesting because my, um, it, I always felt as though I was like trying to be in the bigness of it all when mm -hmm. I feel like my natural kind of way of being is a little bit more subtle. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the bigness has like gone like this and, and then externally things have kind of pendulumed back into like where maybe my, my most natural energy is, which is like beautiful and radiant and big, but not in this, like, I'm a big person way. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, you don't have to like have 20,000 people at an event or something. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah like something, something like that. And for a while, my, st my question for myself was, is that me playing small or is that me in fear or yeah. is that not just natural or is that like my natural essence so in terms of like the deflated ego with the book i was like maybe i'm just not that special mm. um and i and like i wanted my idea to be and over here i thought my idea for my book was like so fucking awesome and i was like mm. no one has a book like this and i think it's so special but you know all of my friends are writing books and they have special ideas <laughs> So the story was like, no one's going to really see my specialness, but mm. I also don't think I'm that special. So it was interesting the way that I got out of it. I was processing this in my spiritual psychology program oh. and somebody asked a really awesome question. I forget the exact question, but the, the essence of the answer was essentially, it's not about, it's not about taking credit for the idea or pretending the idea isn't even something worthy. And I think that like in philosophy and stuff, there's a lot of different ideologies where it's like everyone is nobody or mm. it's, it's almost like you are nobody or you are everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you are all of the gods all wrapped up in one and just you are God and you are consciousness or <laughs> you are a speck on the blip of nothingness in the universe yeah. and you are nobody we're both. so um, we're both so i was feeling that and then uh the way the way through was to recognize that it is both and that your human vessel like you can take credit for the work that you've done to become the human being and the human vessel that has the life experiences and integrated lessons to receive the ideas that you now have and that you are putting forth into the world. I love that. And that, yeah. that actually has something to do with, so my spiritual mentor, like, so like I'm building a sales page. So I'm doing, um, in 2021, I'm doing a year long thing for men. 
Dope. Um, And so anyway, like when I was doing the sales page or whatever, like I've never had like a coachy coach because for me, I haven't like, you know, like felt the need to like, I know what you're going to say. Like I feel it. But anyway, I finally (laughs) came across this like spirituality, like totally just like, like people would say like, a year ago, Ben would be like, what are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, I like this, like when building a sales page, cause it's kind of the same mindset concept is what does, what does the creator or what does source want to create through you? Yeah. 100%. And I love that because instead of like, again, like using my ego or just like thinking all the time, just only thinking mm-hmm. of like going into that space of like channeling and yeah. everyone can do that. Totally. And that's inspiration, intuition, all the things. Yeah. And like your ego or even like your human can take credit for, which, which felt really nice because it was like the specialness piece, but it was, it felt like it resolved that, but not from a place of ego, from a place of like, oh yeah, I am a person with willpower and work ethic and capability and I feel my own resourcefulness because I have done the work to get to this point mm. to be able to receive this type of book concept to the point where I am the person to bring it forth. Dope. Yeah. Which I felt love awesome. That. Yeah. And then I'm curious because, you know, you mentioned like Lewis and like the personal development aspect. I'm curious, how have you evolved beyond or meshed with, or how have you noticed the maybe downsides of like personal development? Like, I'm just curious of like how that's like played into your life now. Oh yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting. We always have to look at the context of the person coming into the personal development world or into their own journey of self-understanding. So the context of me was most of my life was in the light right? Mm. So I never had much of a mirror for my darkness um, or, or really darkness in general. So had it not been for a few things, specifically my partner who has gone through quite a lot of darkness and a lot of trauma, um, along with everything that's happened in 2020, Black Lives Matter movement, the COVID stuff, the conspiracy stuff, and just the shadow work of the year, you know? (laughs) Um, And then even my business has been a a catalyst for looking at my own shadows. I love it. The personal development world could have easily taken me into the love and light kind of category. Yeah. Also, because of my entry point into it, which felt like it really needed to be in the spiritual realm and the transpersonal realm, Um, it could have been very easy for me to get wrapped up in that and that alone and made it my only language. Yeah. So because of the the people in my life and the mirrors that I've had, and especially because I'm, you know, I have a lot of people looking at me regularly. Um, it's felt important for me to learn other languages and to learn the language of trauma and the language of just like humans who suffer that don't even use all the jargon, you know, and just (laughs) be able to like go all the way deep into all of the layers, the, the behavioral realm, the mindset. Um, I talk, I think about this all the time, the emotional Mm -hmm. processing and emotional regulation. And I'm in a um, trauma life coach certification now. So I'm learning about just different like emotional regulation tools and um, the nervous system and things like that, which is awesome. And then the subconscious and patterning and conditioning and history. And then the spiritual realm, which has more of like maybe past life stuff happening where a lot of other things that could be going on for you aren't of this world Mm -hmm. potentially. And then coming all the way back up out of that depth (laughs) Because sometimes it can, you know, wherever you're at on that little scale, 
top or, or all the way on the bottom, you can get stuck in yeah. one of those. So I've definitely found myself stuck at each layer where mm. I was like, okay, mindset's the thing. Okay, emotions are the thing. Okay, <laughs> spiritual stuff is yeah. the thing. Okay, trauma's the thing. And then now I've kind of come back all the way up to the top where I'm like, I can just discipline myself to change my behaviors too. I love you know? that. How, since you, I mean, I love how you just like the languages, like I said, like speak different languages and like learning and just diving into all these things. How similar are all of them are like, are they saying the same thing in a different way? Pretty much in a sense. I think the only downfall of only having one language is that that language can feel like the only right thing and other people are wrong. So it can create just the separation that we're all feeling is like, Mm -hmm. this is the way it is like ego versus authentic self is the thing it's and then some people you know just in the personal development space on instagram there's a lot of differentiation happening in the different therapy communities and the spiritual communities and there are people that are like this isn't the thing this is the thing or you know (laughs) all the time yeah all the time and Mm -hmm. it's actually really helpful because you learn Mm -hmm. that there's so many different ways to say the same thing and i think as personal development leaders, it's important to know what a lot of those different modalities are, or just as a person, just for the sake of really not getting too wrapped up into one way, which can, which can lead to ego identification and separation and danger in some capacity and distrust of other What's up, dope humans? More specifically, the dope conscious men out there. I want you to listen. And anyone with a man in their life, father, partner, brother, whatever it may be, a man that you love in your life, this message is for you. So in 2021, I am beginning a new year-long journey transformation with men. It's called Master Your Fear and Masculinity. And I'm really excited about this. I actually woke up in the middle of the night not too long ago and this idea just hit me and I started typing. And so what it's going to be, we have incredible mentors um, every single week and we're going to really master fear and masculinity. And every single month we have a different topic from fear, emotions, feminine, masculine energies, sex, relationships, career, money, purpose. There's so many different things. And this is really needed because I've noticed... Uh, I think we've all noticed and we've all felt it that it's not easy to be a man nowadays because rightfully so, because for thousands of years, um, toxic masculinity, if that's what you want to call it, has ruled for a long time, manipulating people, um, just like dominating in somewhat evil ways. And so I've really been called to work with more men, um, and step into that divine masculine, and making sure that, I mean, just hell, like we need to step up. As men, we need to step up. We need to rise into the type of men that the world is needing and is calling for. So that's what we're doing in the year of 2021. So if you feel called, if you know someone who'd feel called, check out the link in my bio. You can apply now. So um, we're not just taking anyone. We want to make sure this is a really, really, really good vibe for men who are dedicated to decondition from a lifetime of programming what a man is supposed to be really overcome a lot of the fear that men feel like communicating with directness and clarity, you know, break the habit of overbearing control and the need to always be right. Joking when you're always like, when it's a serious moment, overcome the need to make everyone feel like they need to like you unlock a new level of trust and confidence. There's so many things that we are going to dive into. So check the link in my bio and you can go and apply. All right, y'all. I love you tons. Thank you for being here. Now let's get to the rest of this combo with Amanda because it is about to get even better. Let's go. What has been like a big what the hell? And why I ask this is because in so 2020, um, or March, I mean, my life has shifted a ton, but a big thing happened in March. And then I thought, mm. you know, 2020 has done its thing. And then like right now is just another huge like, whoa, like I can't believe I'm feeling and doing this and shifting in this. So I'm curious for you, what has been the most recent? Just like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening again, like right now. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to like grab onto one of them. 
<laughs> I feel like it's been <laughs> so, so constant. For real. I, yeah. I feel like um, there's definitely been some bigger life cycles of, of things. And I think one of the core things, which I always find so interesting, but more recently, um, it's always so interesting when you find a huge blind spot in your psyche. You're like, oh, wow, I feel mm-hmm. like I had a really good mm-hmm. understanding of who I am and what my psyche does. And then you're like, no, I don't. Yes. <laughs> so, so for me, um, um, I've been going through some things in my relationship in particular that have mm. mirrored back to me parts of myself that were really unconscious and just parts of my psyche that were just so in the shadow that I couldn't, that I couldn't see or hadn't seen. And I've been reviewing the life cycle of my relationship and my entire life and who I am. And it, it feels like it felt like an ego death in a way, but Mm. also just like a reevaluation of the entirety of my being. (laughs) Wow. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just a little audit. Reevaluating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, I feel like when you get into personal development work and you start to look into your shadows and unconscious stuff, it can become super interesting when you um, recognize a part of you that, and then you, you know, are able to go into the personal responsibility of it all and be like, okay, yeah, that's there. And watch my ego fight with me. You know, I was really Mm. fighting with my ego and my ego really wanted to be right and really wanted to be in the right and didn't want to be wrong and didn't want to have to really reconcile or do the work around what if this was really true about me? And then if then, what do I do about that? Or like, how can I just allow myself to be okay with that? Mm. I want to ask you, I mean, what that was. Like what, like the truth, the truth. Because I think that's such a big thing of, is that true? Yeah. Is is that really true? Yeah. Do you feel comfortable sharing just like that small portion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the part of me that I was looking at was this part that has, has oriented myself to myself more than I have other people Hmm. in a way where my, my core wounding is around people pleasing. So I was going to ask you about that. So I'm glad it came out naturally. (laughs) Uh, So Enneagram nine, which Mm -hmm. is the peacemaker. I'm in a relationship with Enneagram eight, who is a challenger. So it's, direct opposites, which has been perfect shadow work for mm-hmm. me <laughs> because my, the, you know, uh, any kind of personality test or Enneagram in particular, it can be very easy to just be like, oh yeah, my core driver in life is peace and harmony. So if I can just have that, everything will be okay. When you're with someone or with other people who mirror back to you, the exact opposite of that, which is diving directly into conflict, diving directly into which like loving, loving, respectful conflict in a, in a really healthy way, but conflict nonetheless, it challenges your view of who you are. So it's like any personality test has the, the version of you that has been formed based on your whole environment. Mm-hmm. And then you become identified with these traits or attributes of like introversion or peacefulness or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's me. And then everybody in your life forms around that. Yes. But I think um, my partner, you know, we came together and it felt like such a cosmic kind of connection in this, in this way where we're such mirrors for each other in a way where my, um, like the, the core thing has been being able to have a, a clear voice and be direct and know who I am and what I want and to lean into conflict where most of my life I avoided it. And then the truth that I came to this time around was this recognition of the core wounding of people pleasing. The way that my spiritual awakening went about was a recognition that I chameleon or have chameleoned to people around me to create identity of like Ben's the fear guy and like I'm going to hang out with Ben and he likes fear. So I'm going to talk about fear yeah. or like as a middle schooler, I was like, this girl's emo. So I'm going to be emo. And that's, mm. 
and I um, hung out with some like rebellious friends, but I was always the good girl. And I was like, they're the rebellious one, but I don't resonate or I dissociate from that part of myself, but I get it from that person. So, so when, when that awakening happened, I was like, oh shit, I don't really have a sense of self. Like I don't have, I don't have a grounded sense of who I am. So I swung in this direction of, okay, no more self-abandoning. Let's go all the way into Amanda and like ground myself in who I am. So, so my orientation to my life for the last couple of years has been very like me focused and I've struggled, um, to, create room to for like an equal amount of focus on my partner Mm. because like for example if i go into shutdown mode like he's got to relent and hold space for me because i just can't kind of thing and and then you're shutting down because you don't like want to speak like because yeah the yeah obviously yeah right for fear of like hurting him hurting him my the fear is my authentic self being wrong Boom. Man, I love you. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So if I speak my truth and it's hurtful for somebody else, it's wrong. So that's like the core of the people pleaser, which is like you disconnect from who you are because it feels wrong in some capacity. So you just formulate yourself towards everybody else. Mm -hmm. So in my healing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be me and speak my truth but oftentimes i would like sublimate or hide things because of the fear of being authentic and just true for fear of hurting or or being wrong well you repeat really interesting man i mean (laughs) you're right i mean you're not just chameleoning me right now you're being you but will you repeat that again right now because i want to write that down yeah so so like authentic so your your fear was my authentic self is wrong yeah. So the fear is my authentic self-expression is fundamentally incorrect. And I will hide my authentic self by finding a sense of self in other people that pleases them, makes them feel comfortable. So I don't have to make anyone else uncomfortable. So I don't have to really feel my own discomfort with my authentic expression yeah yeah i love this so i know it's good <laughs> and it's good like, stuff <laughs> it's the greatest stuff in the world um, i know seriously i'm i'm a nerd for this so much me too <laughs> um do you mind are you comfortable i know you've already kind of done work on this are you cool if we dive deeper into that yeah yeah let's do it um so have you figured out like the root of that so i mean that's what I love is because most people don't know the, so that's your core, like fear or belief, right? So how I kind of view it is like your thoughts are kind of leaves on a tree. The branches are feelings. The root is your behavior. And then the roots are your beliefs. Mm. Um, and so like your thoughts, most people just actually, I don't want to say most people are aware of their thoughts, but that's like, that's how I like to track it. Right. Is like, okay, this thought, you know, like, I don't want to, like, I'm having a conflict with my partner. Why am I afraid to be in this? That's like the kind of up top thought, right? And then, you know, you've done the deep work to like, um, the belief is like my authentic self-expression is fundamentally incorrect. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know what caused that? Yeah. so So I had one experience. Do you know who Mastin Kip is? Yes. Yeah, he's great. Um, I'm in his trauma life coach program, but cool. we did a VIP day because um, I was really feeling like I've, I was called to work with him and, and understand his process. And we cool. did um, we did some inner child regression work based on somatic body feeling. Amazing. And I was in this two year spiritual psychology program, and we always did. Um, we did a couple of healing of memory meditations and whenever I would go into the memory part, I would catch myself at a thread in my memory and then it would just kind of cut off. Mm. So going back into childhood and gathering 
those memories because they were, were generally uneventful has, mm-hmm. has been difficult. So mm-hmm. I spent most of my time not fully knowing. Um, but that one time with Mastin, we it probably took like 30 minutes to be like, all right, I'm feeling loneliness. Okay. Where do you feel it in your body? Um, I don't know. He's like, just say the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know my neck, like just, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, this process went on for like 30 minutes. And then we got to this memory of me being a two-year-old in the crib with my twin sister. So I have a twin, um, which I do think uh, has created a lot of my, my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this whole process where he was having me unravel the memory. And this is like not a memory that you remember generally at all like i have no memory Mm -hmm. of this memory but here it is happening in my brain somehow where Mm -hmm. um my sister and i were two in the crib arguing about something we were both crying (laughs) i was upset with her yeah and she was upset with me and then my mom comes in and she picks me up and we're twins so she's got to pick one of us up first you know Mm -hmm. and then i look over my mom's shoulder and my sister's still in the crib crying. And I think she had like peed and pooped her pants or something. And I Mm -hmm. felt, I, I formed a belief that there's only enough love for one of us. And Mm -hmm. if I get that love, then it's hurtful to her, but I'm also angry at her. Man, I love this so much. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the formation of my psyche around that, if, if that's the one memory or if that's a general sense, I don't actually know. Um, but the formation of that created this sense of my authentic expression is hurtful to somebody yeah, else. Like you suck no matter what, right? Like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. So mm-hmm. my protection mechanism is like, I just won't be me. Yeah. Dang. Thanks for sharing that. That's dope. Totally. Yeah. So how have you, so when you address that memory, yeah, take a deep breath. <laughs> how yeah. have you, so because, so that's great that we have this memory, right? And like, for me, I remember when I start, first started learning about this stuff, I'm like, cool, like, I feel like you, ha- you understand where this comes from, but that's still, for some people, it might switch it to some level of awareness, but what has been able how have you been able to like work into that or like massage that and like unravel that? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of, um, it's been a lot of practice. I observe myself semi-regularly feeling a feeling. And sometimes it's like, it can be like a judgmental thought or like, an emotion that feels, and like my partner and I, we've like dug, you know, we know the webs in the the whole Mm -hmm. network of trauma that both of us have. (laughs) So the awareness of that is like, okay, I know that this could be hurtful for him in this way if I express this thought or this feeling. So I, I, I now notice my psyche, like putting it over here or like, maybe I don't have to share that one or, um, or, I'll share it, but I'll like deflect or I'll sublimate or I'll, um, what's the word for it? I'll backpedal or like, I'll, you won't be direct. I won't be like, yeah, I won't be like super direct or clear Mm -hmm. about like the gravity of maybe the feeling or the, um, clarity of it. And I'll kind of like put fluff around it. Mm -hmm. So my practice has been be honest Cool. And like trust him or trust anybody to hold my honesty and like trust that I can, I can create emotional resilience and s- integrity in my body to not shut down around it. So it's been like this practice of slowly but surely doing the thing that fear that feels fe- fearful yes. or that feels really difficult um, that my body literally, like I, I watched my body go <laughs> yeah. like this. Well, like, you said at the beginning, yeah. Like the curl contract. and the contract the black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So instead of that, my practice is like. Open. open. <laughs> I love how you said it. Keep open. it open. <laughs> like keep my heart, my keeping my heart open has been a practice mm. for me in terms of like, can I 
can I keep my heart open in this moment? And um, I'm sure you, you've heard of this too, or just like, if you do a heart opening meditation, for example, oftentimes people have a lot of difficulty just standing directly in front of somebody without doing anything with their yeah. body to like protect their physical heart. That's crazy. It's so interesting, the body mm-hmm. language of that. So it's, for me, it's a lot of like physical body integrity and like keeping my body open as much as I can to kind of create that somatic first um, transformation in my, in my physical self to my psychological self. And then working this psychological, emotional back end of it all as well and really creating a sense of safety inside of my body for myself. So it's a lot of like nervous mm. system flexibility, Mastin would call it, as cool. instead like of that. nervous system rigidity. So it's just creating more and more flexibility with my ability to hold the difficult thing. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about honesty, like I wanted to ask, is there anything right now just like on your heart that you just like, it doesn't even have to make sense, but just that you want to be honest about, like speak your truth. Yeah. There's, um, let me see. There's a feeling of, um, just like, yeah, just like righteousness, I guess, in terms of how I feel like I've shown up. My truth feels like, and the righteousness, and this could be ego, and this is me putting fluff around it as well. <laughs> yes, <I laughs> Here we it. are. <laughs> it's, um, I feel like I've done the best with what I've had. So I crave to feel justified or validated in that. Dang. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I was trying to not put fluff around it the second (laughs) time. (laughs) I love it. Let me just be direct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I received that. That's so cool. Um, How do you feel about, so with that belief, can we walk through five quick steps? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Thank you for doing this. I've never been able to do this like with someone. So this is fun. Like on like my podcast. That's awesome. I love it. Um, So this, so I think, this will be really beneficial for you because you've already done, I mean, this is beneficial for everyone, but for you, you've already done deep work. Um, and so I just, why I'm prefacing this is because for people, I want to bring this out because I've been thinking of more ways. It's like, how can I like help people? Mm. And so literally these five steps are what I have found to be the most beneficial. Yeah. Um, simplified. Um, Awesome. So with this belief that you have of like my authentic, my authentic self-expression is fundamentally incorrect with, you know, that like that experience, like what caused that? So what I ask myself is if I were thinking this and in micro, in the macro as we're doing right now, or in the micro moments when you're with John, your partner, like feeling that, like, you know, like curling up, like, Oh, I can't speak this. Because we know that like, okay, my, this is where this is coming from. Like a huge belief, that's huge belief. You know, like just, you are fundamentally incorrect. Like no matter what you do, it's just like not enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really simple. All I ask is like, is this true? And you can, you can only reply yes or no. Okay. So is like that, that true that your self-expression is fundamentally incorrect? No. No. Can you feel that? Or are you just logically saying it? I can feel it. Cool. So I can feel that you, I can feel that you feel it. Most people will probably like, I can, yeah, I know what you, the answer you want. Um, But to even build on top of that is because our brain thinks in um, absolutes. And so to counteract it, we also have to think in absolutes. Like, Hmm. because this belief is, no fluff. There's no fluff around this belief. Right. Like even though you're adding fluff in other scenarios, your deep core belief is that like my authentic self is wrong and fundamentally incorrect period. Right. Like there's no wiggle room. Like it's just like, I suck, you know? Right. And and so of course you're going to feel like that's so heavy. And I think that goes back to like when initially when you said fear, like in your body language changed with just that word, 
um, of like where this comes from. And so when you, your brain thinks in just absolutes, that's why I say you can only say yes or no because your brain is thinking like this is absolutely correct. So it's mm-hmm. yes or no. Like, is this 100% fundamentally proven? Is this like in the record books, you know, like true? No, it's not. Yeah. So next question is that when you think like believing my authentic self-expression is fundamentally incorrect, does that benefit you? No. No, it's, it's shitty. <laughs> right? Very true. Um, so what's, so what's another possibility? Like what's another scenario instead of you being fundamentally incorrect? What's another, what's an alternative? An alternative is. And you could even go back to like that moment in the crib. Right. Yeah. That my authentic expression. Is perfect the way it is. I love that. Even if someone has an emotional relation to it, like a really like a relationship to my expression that is difficult or negative for them. Mm. So what do you want to believe? Instead of that. Yeah. I want to believe that my authentic expression is the best. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Perfect. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love this. What else? Yeah. Like what scares you to say? Like if you could like reprogram Amanda right now from the womb, what would you like program into you? Mm. Like ask like you've never asked before, basically. Like if it wasn't wrong or scary. Yeah. I, I What I want to say is your authentic expression makes everybody happy <laughs> oh i love that yeah dang i got chills that's cool so what we just did very quickly is my authentic expression makes everyone happy Ooh, i'm getting chills right now compared to my authentic expression is fundamentally incorrect yeah how does what is that like the feeling how different does that feel it feels like the opposite and it's probably lighter, not as scary. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that because that, yeah, as an example for everyone, <laughs> how yeah. do you feel right now? <laughs> Thanks for doing that. No, that was that was really cool. I loved I loved that process. It was awesome. Cool, and it's like because yeah. now that so why I do that is because now you have a mantra or an mm-hmm. invocation or affirmation, whatever yeah. you want to call it of each time you feel that feeling, you can just say like, no, my self-expression makes everyone happy. Yeah. Especially to the people that love you, especially like John, you know, like, I yeah. mean, I'm sure he's told you a million times. Totally. You know? Yeah. 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 That's really helpful. I'm going to absolutely be using that 100%. Dang. That was cool. I'm stoked on that. Thanks that for, awesome. Hell thanks yeah. for sharing that. Like, I love how you came just like that. You already had that like story slash belief. Yeah. 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 I've done, this is great timing as I have mm. built really awesome awareness around it. And it was awesome to be able to, to see it in your process too, with the questions that you asked to really bring out the, the story and the information and the answers and the reprogramming. It was dope. It was awesome. That was, <laughs> was fun for me. I'm, I'm nerdy with cool. it too. So. Okay, cool. cool. I love that. Um, well, dang, I mean, I feel fulfilled. For sure. <laughs> but uh very what fulfilling. Else? Very fulfilling. And like I appreciate you, Amanda. And like for real, like I'm gonna look at you in the eye and tell you this. But <laughs> that uh like your authentic expression really does make people happy. And like for real. And I know you've seen it and probably at the times things have happened most easily. I mean, you know, like I'm telling you things you already know, but it doesn't hurt to help to hear it. Tears.
<laughs> for real though thank you yeah like you're dope as hell like for real like i'm actually getting chills like mm-hmm. and i think you were why i asked about the whole special thing when you were a kid because I, yeah. I feel that from you i mean you obviously do have a, a greater purpose um and you are impacting people so your self and just you does make people happy yeah yeah i feel that I feel like that's actually my purpose and I have come to learn. There was a really awesome question I would love to share with you that I learned at my yeah, spiritual please. psychology program that you're going to fucking love. <laughs> the, the two questions were what challenge did you take human embodiment to learn through? Which is essentially why, what, is the particular challenge or theme of your life that your soul came here to learn through. And mine was self-abandonment. And then the other question was, what gift did you take embodiment to share? And then mine was self-expression. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And they are two sides of the same coin. So they are essentially the same thing, just the compliment of each other and that i love thank you for sharing that it's so cool like it's a dope question yeah yeah because that is like really the essence like the crux of life mm-hmm. to me like the your most important thing to do to be is also like your greatest like fear or resistance like they're like you said that's like the same it's the same yeah it is and, the same thing. it's the same and to me that's why i love seriously i love fear because it's, mm-hmm. I do it like a compass. Like it's literally just like, boom, this is what I should do because this is like the most me that I already am, but I've just fluffed around or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's so true. I love that. Dang. All right, oh, Amanda. Yeah. Is, there, <laughs> is there anything else on your heart that you want to share? Just Flash appreciation soul. for you. I really, um, I loved, I loved your conversational process whatever the the podcast like i really i really (laughs) appreciated how you were so intentional about walking through the inner world and really pulling the correct things out into the surface and you're very intuitive and and tapped into you were very tapped into what was really happening in my inner world so i just really feel seen and i appreciate you so much thank you i received that yeah and you're welcome <laughs> All right, y'all. If this is your first time listening, make sure you stay tuned because at the end of each episode, I tell you a fear to freedom story, which is a direct story from one of my clients of how they came just from a life riddled in fear, doubt, insecurity, feeling unworthy, all the things to feeling completely free, confident, loving themselves, conquering the world. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> and if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe. You know what to do. If you're on iTunes, please leave a review. It helps the show get noticed. We would deeply, deeply appreciate it. Make sure you go follow Amanda on Instagram. If you don't already, check out her links in the description, in the show notes, and tag us on Instagram. Let us know we are listening, and we'd absolutely love it. We appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Let's go. All righty, y'all. So at the end of each episode, I tell you a fear to freedom story about an amazing client that I have or am working with. And today's story... Uh, since I told you about the new men's journey coming up called Master Your Fear and Masculinity, I want to tell you about one of my male clients. And most of men's wounds, quote unquote, or fear or their suffering, their limiting beliefs come from confidence or the lack of confidence, which is learned from the fa- father figure most of the time. So this person's history has been filled with sexual abuse from family, verbal abuse from his father. His father frequently frequently yelled at him for messing things up, that he could never do anything right, and that things always went wrong, and that like his fault, like, this is you. And so even if it wasn't that big of a deal, his dad would make it a point and to point out his errors and wrongdoings and really emphasize, like really, essentially just all his mistakes. And one of his biggest triggers um, has been disappointment, whether that be disappointing someone someone disappointing him um he's known this for a long time but he hasn't he's not really known what to do with it and so when he's disappointed he's had a tendency to shut down emotionally 
for a long time because he knows this trigger, this wound, whatever you want to call it, but he hasn't known what to do with it. So all these things that I've mentioned briefly, there's a lot more, but what this has translated into a couple things into adulthood. So he wanted to get attention, meaning he wanted to be successful, but he didn't want to be at the same time. So he had conflicting desires um, because subconsciously he didn't want to because he didn't want to be seen. He, he was afraid of messing things up and he always felt inadequate. He didn't feel qualified. Um, he always felt like he had imposter syndrome. Like people are going to find out that he's a fraud, that he doesn't really know his stuff. And this is how self-sabotaging behavior reveals itself. Because when we have two conflicting desires, we get stuck in this no man's land, constantly bouncing back between what we want to do, but then we don't do it because of fear. So obviously like, yes, we want success. We want money. We want to build these things and these relationships and this influence and this impact, but we don't because of fear and usually, you know, from our past. So long story short, we did some healing and inner child work to release the suffering that has been holding him back for decades. And he has never felt up until now confident to speak up, to say no, claim what he wants and finish projects like legit for years. And the cool thing now, this is amazing that he is now developing a course that he has been avoiding. He is doing it for him. He recognizes his value and he knows that he's worthy of like infinite abundance and success and money and all the amazing things in this material world and much more than that. So the biggest change that I've seen in him is that he believes in his greatness. He is no longer apologizing for small things or worried about disappointing others. He is empowered to the max. Like it's really cool to see. I can like see it in his eyes. I can feel it in his presence. He no longer feels unqualified. And he, and the cool thing about this point about the unqualified piece is that he's realized that he has always been qualified, but he's just been making up the story that he has not been qualified or he's, you know, unqualified or he's a failure or it's not good enough. He's inadequate. And he was making fear a lot bigger than what it really was. And now he can see clearly. And so that is an amazing story of just how working through fear, fear as medicine can lead you to the root of like what you really want. Because we usually avoid fear, which just makes the suffering continue and repeat over and over and over. So I hope these stories help you realize that fear is the answer. Fear reveals where you're not free and fear is medicine. It's a compass. And if you allow yourself to feel it with no judgment, no shame, it can reveal so many things to you and you can be free. Like fear is the key to freedom. So obviously I'm obsessed with it. And I hope that these, these stories really do inspire you to take that next step to do what you're afraid of. Man, I love fear. Man, I love you. <laughs> and if this hits home for you, go to feeling-free.com slash coaching. Again, that's feeling-free.com slash coaching. Just go to my website, check the link in the description slash show notes. And if you feel called, let's freaking do one-on-one -on -one coaching, baby. Let's go. Let's go deep. And again, if you know men um, who really can use a group of men to work with to open up, to dive into fear, emotion, sexuality, insecurity, and really just communication and so much more, I highly encourage you to nudge the men in your life about the new program called Master Your Fear and Masculinity. You can also check that link in the description. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. You listen to the whole thing and you're amazing. All right, y'all. Talk to you soon.